Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership. And let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. I love you, Truth. Well, hello there, everybody. Sorry you had to hear that. <laughs> Jeff Geyer with Phoenix Coaching. <laughs> you are back at the No More Leadership BS podcast. Uh, that was our four seconds. We thought about doing a singing podcast, and uh, Conor and McLaughlin just started singing, and we're done. So, Myra? A karaoke edition. Myra, can we spin this off somewhere else? Say hello to everybody first, and then we'll get to talking about what we're going to do. <laughs> hello, everybody. I have the clippers. I can cut that off if I want to. What's up with that, Myra? I mean, come on. You were singing high. She might already got to you. I yeah. <laughs> Dr. Sam, say hello to the folks today. You know, we got... We have yep. thousands of people listening to our podcast, which we are very grateful for. My friend Geoff McLaughlin's with us too. Yeah, ready for the rock and roll opera. That's I'm I'm on all my answers. <laughs> I, I take that back. I can't do that. I'm not that talented. Perfect. Well, you were breaking up a little bit there too, so we we couldn't tell what you're not talented at anyway. So that's perfect. <laughs> and the lead singer of the band, Mr. Jeff Conroy. Hi, everybody. <laughs> yep, Myra did get hey, it. Okay. What are you doing here? <laughs> so today in this episode, everybody, we wanted to talk a little bit about your why. Kind of the whole concept or the myth maybe we want to break down a little bit today is uh, that I'm good at something. In fact, maybe I'm the best at something. And because of that, because I'm good or I'm the best at it, and in, in the case of No More Leadership, BS, we're good at leadership, that, that because I'm good, that I'm going to be successful. And the truth that we want to talk about today is that knowing the why of what you do will make the what more impactful. In other words, yes, you may be good at what you do, but if you know why you do it, you will be more successful, more impactful, have more success, which will translate into more finance and, and all that stuff. So kind of centered around, I mean, we'll go around the circle here a little bit, centered around Simon Sinek's um, book that he wrote a number of years ago called Start With Why, How Great Leaders Inspire Everyone to Take Action. So Dr. Sam, why do you think why impacts your what so profoundly? Does the why impact the what so profoundly? One of the aspects I look at is people have a lot of great ideas and those great ideas can go all kinds of directions and do really fun, interesting things. But the why will tell you which of those ideas actually will get you to your purpose. And part of the beauty of knowing your why is not just identifying what you should do, but identifying the things you shouldn't do. Because it doesn't want really to speak to your why. It could be entertaining and engaging and fun. But if it doesn't give you your purpose, your why, it's not that important. I'm not saying don't have fun. I'm saying if you really focus on your goal, those things that don't get you there, peel them away. And, and focus on that why. And just that be your driving force. 
So, so you're saying why really isn't about making money? If you're leading an organization, the why isn't, well, we have to make money. Right. You know, and people will argue, well, our stakeholders say that our shareholders say it does have to be about the money. Right. Okay. But your customers aren't going to follow you because you want to have a, a particular bottom line. They're going to follow you and buy your product because they see a purpose they connect with. You know, there, there's sometimes a need. We need, you know, food, shelter, that kind of stuff. Sure. But uh, if you're looking for some of the more big ticket items, you feel a connection, not just a good product that has great reviews. Yeah, that's that's true. Conroy, um, what are your thoughts on the the why of an organization? My thoughts on the why of the organization. I think people, in order to be connected to the organization, have to have purpose. And in order to fulfill that purpose, the organization needs to be doing um, the work for them. I know it sounds redundant. You know, why pe- pe- people's why they work for an organization because it fulfills someone's why, but the organization has to fulfill the why. It doesn't make sense, but it does. <laughs> and that's why we need right. to have a, that's why we need to have a drinking episode. I just think that a lot of people have, like Sam said, a lot of people have great ideas and people need to participate within the organization to fulfill themselves. Yeah. So, right. Summarize that to the organization has a why and each individual employee has a why. But isn't that the organization's mission and vision? Is their why? Is kind of their, why do they exist? Well, their vision is in a perfect world that this is why we are who we are, but the mission is how we do it. Now people come on board of, yeah, I really believe in that vision or I really believe in that mission and I can participate in that. And they will be loyal and participate in that as long as they're being fulfilled. I think the moment an organization veers from that mission and vision, they're going to detach from it and go find their happiness elsewhere. Yes. Yeah, I I agree with that totally. So Myra, if why is the purpose or cause, what Conrad was just saying, the the mission and vision or belief of the organization, what do you think? Do do you think every organization knows their why? I I took something both out of what Dr. Sam said and what Jeff said. And then from the book of Simon Sinek, he, in his second book, he made a point, which he didn't make in the first book, and it's finding your why, was that your why at the center has no language. It's actually an emotion. That's why you have to ask what questions instead of why, because people have such a hard time answering the why question. And Dr. Sam brought up a a really good subject about do what you should do. I have learned recently, and I'm a firm believer of it, or what you should do or shouldn't do. When you structure your why around what you should do, you are structuring it around somebody else's beliefs, not your own. Because it's based on somebody else's opinion of what should be and not what you could do. And it's a complete, it's external versus internal. And it's where you start, where you start finding your why. But when you do what you should do, that sets you up for blame and shame. Because if it's a should, then you either are good if you do it and you're bad if you don't. Does that make sense? That, I mean, it sets up, Myra, yes, that was awesome. Yes. I like that. Sets up a value judgment. Wow. And so I, I don't use personally, I don't use the word should anymore because that's my opinion trying to put it on somebody else, my belief. So all the way, you got to, You've got to get to what you believe. And that's a deep dig. 
That's a deep dig because it, it it's not based on other people's beliefs, but what you believe. Um, yeah. I like yeah. that. I'm going to use that, that. That ties in really good, Myra, with what uh, Cynic says when he's explaining the, the what he calls the golden circle, and, and that according to neuroscientists, you know, the limbic brain, the, the part of the center of our brain that governs behavior and emotions, like you were just talking about, and feelings like loyalty and trust and decision making and all that kind of stuff. That's where the why lives where it comes from and exactly what you were just saying. So let, let me go to Geoff. Based on what Myra just said and what we know from neuroscience and what the Simon Sinek has told us, where do you think passion comes in there? Because sometimes for me, at least, I get confused on, you know, is my why really my why or is it my passion? I think they're intertwined. And so when you do break into that limbic system, that goes into your subconscious beliefs. And that is incredibly powerful. If you're doing something that is motivating for your beliefs, that your belief system says, this is good for me, this is good for other people, you will work vehemently, passionately for that project, for that those people, because it fits in with your schema and your ethos. And so when you tap into that passion, it comes out as passion. It comes out as exuberance for work and being fully aligned with something and if you can tap into that, that is a surefire recipe for massive success. I believe Simon Sinek says that golden circle, if you're operating within that system where you believe in what you're doing, you believe that you're valued in what you're doing, the team supports you in that vision, and it's coming from an emotional space, the logic will follow behind and that they will then do the things that are challenging or hard or difficult because they believe in the, the, that so intrinsically there's an emotional component to achieving that goal. And so that you can tap into that purpose, that passion, if you really focus on what the why is. And sometimes, like Myra said, it, it's, it can be very challenging to get to the why. But when you find out, man, that's a powerful moment. Yeah. It can lead some pretty massive life changes. And for some people that when they discover, oh my gosh, I am not in my why right now. I am so out of alignment with what I'm supposed to be doing. It's an opportunity to say, I need to reevaluate and I need to look at like, what am I doing? What, why am I doing it? And how can I make it better or different so that it actually works within my belief system? Pretty powerful. I have to interrupt you because I heard one of the best quotes I have heard in a long time on YouTube. And I can't remember the name of the guy that said it. And my apologies for that. Dr. King did not have a dream. The dream had Dr. King. And there's a big difference there. It's an internal thing that, that he couldn't say no to. And we have a tendency to cover that up with yeah. all the expectations of who we should be and what we should do. And once we can get rid of those expectations, quit living up to other people's idea of who we should be, then this dream that we are endowed with, that we're put here for a purpose. It's what people talk about now about being their authentic self. I don't think you have to find it. I think you have to uncover from what's covering it up. Right. That it's in there, right? Yeah. I so, that. Dr. Sam, I, I think we've established here. There's some pretty good science, you know, about the limbic brain and all of that stuff that that if you can get to the why, uncover it, as Myra just said, 
that performance is going to increase. And, and, and I'm talking about whether we're talking corporate or, or personal things. But give me your thoughts, because I know this, this is subject for you too. Give me your thoughts about how uncovering that why and embracing your why, either corporately or personally, could help you recover from or even stave off the dreaded burnout bug. I, so uh, a while back, I made a GIF that has two circles, like Venn diagram style. One is how you naturally behave, and the other is how you behave at work. And if those two things overlap tightly, life is pretty good. But the farther those get apart, your natural behavior compared to your expected behavior, your satisfaction is going to drop because it takes all of your energy to behave like Myra indicated, how you should behave, i.e. what other people expect of you at work versus how you naturally want to behave. So when we think about values, if the things you value don't ever show up in your 40 plus hour commitment every week, you're going to be exhausted because you never get to your why. Your why is always a hobby or something you get to occasionally, maybe. You're living somebody else's dream, somebody else's vision. And if you don't see yourself in it, you're absolutely right. Burnout is not just around the corner. It's showing up to, to crash on your couch and hang out for a while. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's take her up an, a, another you know, 20 or 30,000 feet and talk about just your why. I, I don't. My belief is that almost everyone at some point during their life wrestles with the question, why am I here? And that just in general, why am I here? And we talked earlier about maybe some large number of organizations don't know why they do what they do. And maybe there's a lot, like we were just talking, a lot of employees that don't necessarily know why they're doing what they're doing. So put it way up there. How do we help people or how do people, leaders especially, help themselves start to dig for and uncover their own personal why? I think they got they I think they gotta want it. First of all, they got to be aware that they want it before they can do it. Have to get to that place where you're at. You yeah, yourself, you gotta get right? you know, my own personal experience. I realized that Managing people is not the way to go. To, to become a true, authentic leader is to involve everyone and not just try to manage everyone. Right. So that has been my life purpose for the last well, 12, 13, 14 years. But when you cross that, um, Jeff, that that chasm, w- w- were you trying to answer the why question? Do you yeah. Think, as you I look was, back I, at it? My why was, there, there's got to be a better way. What is the best way to to connect with people? There's got to be a better way to connect with people because that's always been my personality was to, I want to be, I don't like people mad at me. I always want to, I always want to work together as a team. I'm more of a team guy than an individual guy. And then I found out this disc thing. I was first, first introduced to the disc assessment back in 1988, 89, when I very first took it. And then when I, I started in 2007, started studying more about it and became more of a believer in it. And it helped me work with people and understand people more. So I think people need to get to a point where they've had enough and I want to be better and I want to understand and how do I improve? But you can't start searching for a why, a why until you figure out you need to have a why. If you're just going to keep doing the way, do what you've done, you're going to get what you got. Mm-hmm. You need to be dissatisfied with what you're getting and you want something better. Yeah. Geoff, what do you think, buddy? Well, is, is Jeff, as you were talking and based on some of our previous conversations, I was just thinking there's a lot of people that necessarily don't want to be the leaders. 
There's a majority of people that don't want that leadership position. They just want to show up. They want to do what they're supposed to do, collect a paycheck, go home on the weekends and live their lives. Is it possible? And I'm genuinely asking you this question here because it just kind of occurred to me. I'm not like this, but I, is it possible that there are people out there that's the only existence that they want? They don't want to strive for something bigger. They don't want to necessarily live in their why. They just want to just status quo, just keep it the way it is. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to get out of my bubble. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Uh, if it's not, right. But why? Is it because they don't have that connection to their why? Do you think that there's that lack of, I don't know if it's lack of motivation or if it's a apathy or I can't do anything better because I just don't know how. Uh, and lack of education in, you know, personal development or whatever. Like, is there, is it generally like that? Just they don't have that sense of purpose yet. Or and that's, it's, it's their paradigm. Right. You know, come working with, okay. So in, uh, in one of the jobs is working with people of in deep poverty and, and low income people. Mm hmm. That's their paradigm. This is the best it's going to, and, the, and they're settled into that. The people, there's, you know, like there's gen, there's generational poverty. That is situational, there's generational. Situational poverty is I've got a whole lot of medical bills and I've got a whole lot of debt and this is the way it's, my life is going to be and I want to get out of this. But then there's generational, which is just that. My grandparents were on welfare. My parents are on welfare. I'm on welfare. I don't know any better. And there's a wonderful book called Bridging Out of Poverty that that helps people bridge the, the, to go from low income to middle income and move up, but that they don't know any better. They don't know what they don't know. I think that's a big part of it. They don't know that they can be better. They don't know that there is more out there. It's just the way it is. And, and I'm happy and I've got a house and my family, and this is just the way we're going to cruise along. Myra? Well, I just, I'm, I'm going to have to categorically disagree because success isn't the same for everybody. I mean, you were put here for a purpose and who are we to judge who that, what that purpose is for somebody? And who comes to my mind is two people, Rosa Parks, who her purpose, I mean, it changed the world. It was to sit right there on that bus and not move. It, I mean, that was her purpose. She went on to do other things, but not a great big success, you know, making a, a different kind of impact in the world. She made her impact right there. That was her purpose. I strongly believe that. Again, Mother Teresa, she didn't have a lot of money. She didn't want a lot of money. Yeah, her purpose was compassion for the poor. So I think we, we walk on, on some real thin ice when we start trying to assign success and purpose. Because everybody has to determine that on their own. But again, I think your dream has you. And you will know that because it will keep grinding until you answer the... And maybe I really do. And I, I've seen that happen. I've seen it happen to me. I was in real estate for 18 years and hated every minute of it. Because what do you do after making money is no longer the goal? I made good money. What do you, But it was I happy? Was I fulfilled? I was full, but I wasn't fulfilled. And there's a big difference there. So I, I think we just have to really be careful about assigning purposes and, and based on what it should look like, because we don't know other people's whys, but we can help them uncover the limiting beliefs that keep us from finding that. So, Myra, let me, do you believe that if somebody 
has has not discovered their why that they can still be successful? I believe that they can define the word success. And I think okay. that's the path to finding your why is to define your word success because it's different for all of us. Personal success at, at the, you know, let's come back down off of 50,000 feet for a minute. There isn't a company out there that didn't start out as somebody's dream. One person, maybe two people's dream and it grew big. So did it, did it grow past that? Why? And that's just a sort of a side note there, but yeah, we have a tendency to think that our definition of success or how we measure ourselves or what measurement we use is what other people should do. But we're putting our beliefs onto them. And well, that's, that's one of the reasons I think when I started this, I talked about if you know your why organizationally or personally, and this we've kind of taken this to a personal level. Which is fine, but if you know your why, your what will be more impactful. Using that that phrase, impactful, as opposed to successful, because success is so much different to each one of us. Arbitrary, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, D- Dr. Sam, just real quick, touch on the, back maybe a little bit on the burnout thing, because I'm a believer today that there's a lot of people that are burning out, have burned out, or are about to burn out. In fact, I think because of what's going on in the world and the, the stresses and anxieties we have currently in this season that we're in, that burnout is on us or a lot closer to a lot of us. So what can we do if we're not one of those fortunate people where our why, yeah, just maybe like Mother Teresa or Rosa Parks or Dr. King, the why just overtakes them. What can we do? What's a step or two that we can do as individuals to start searching for and uncovering our why? That uncovering, that discovery journey is really pretty cool. And I'm going to steal from somebody else to share a, a metaphor. But if you look at all the things you do and all the ways you spend your time, and where you put your energy and resources and start to chip away. What can I not do? What would I be comfortable without? Eventually, what you're left with are the things that are super important to you. So like the sculpture, you just chip away the things that aren't the sculpture you want to make. That's a kind of reverse notion. But as you explore what you're doing and peeling things away, the, the, your why is going to show up. And part of the puzzle is that most people can't just magically do that. Even the folks you've, you've mentioned, we've mentioned on the, the podcast so far, my guess is they were talking to somebody. And that somebody could have been a mentor, a colleague, in a couple of these cases, could have been God. I don't know who it was, but most people have access to a, a coach, a colleague, somebody they can share these things with and can also step back and look at their situation and say, you tell me this is important and you tell me you value this thing, I don't see any behavior that reflects that. I'm not saying you don't value. I'm saying, tell me how you value it. How does it show up in your life? And those conversations can be tough and super incredibly important because if somebody is going to the why they think they ought to have and not the why that's theirs, then then burnout is coming their way as well. It's not even their why. It's just what they think they should be doing. You know, again, back to Myra's comment. Right. Well, I know we're getting close to the end here, so I wanted to give maybe just a good summary, Sam, to to dovetail on what you were just saying. Maybe a quick three things that, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're thinking, man, that that kind of sounds like where, where I'm at. Maybe not the burnout thing, but boy, I I want to be more impactful in my personal life and in my professional life. And 
I, I want to get rid of some of the anxiety and all of that stuff. Well, here's three um, easy steps that that I would recommend to get started. And the first one is go, go out and, and read Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. You can get that book on Amazon or wherever. Neither Amazon nor Simon Sinek support this podcast, but we'll support yeah. him by, you know, buy those books. The second step would be go online and search Simon's uh, TEDx talk. He actually did it back in 2009, so it's a little old, but it was a TEDx in the Puget Sound in the Pacific Northwest on how great leaders inspire action and that he talks about this golden circle. And then the, mm, that's a good one. The third thing, it is a good one and it's short too. It's yeah. less than 30 minutes, I think. And then um, the, the third thing is that reach out to us, any one of the five of us, and you can get us at ask us at leadershipbs.co, ask us at leadershipbs.co. Because those conversations, as Dr. Sam was just saying, are challenging, but they are so beneficial. And what you need to start that discovery process to uncover your why, as Myra was talking about, you need somebody that knows how to do it. It's You're going on a journey and it's almost like you need a guide. Well, coaches and the five of us are standing ready, willing, and able to guide you in that discovery. And let's see what's happening. So ask us at leadershipbs.co for Jeff, Dr. Sam, and Myra. This is the No More Leadership BS podcast, and we'll see you all again next week. So long, everybody. Bye. Later, bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. Don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much, and tune in next time. We'll see you then.